everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles framework. I'm excited to introduce you to today's guest on the podcast, Dr. Jennifer Lowry. She is the superintendent of T Area School District in South Dakota. She's been serving as the district superintendent since June 2012. She received her Doctor of Education and School District Administration from the University of South Dakota. Prior to her role as superintendent, Jennifer served as a principal and district curriculum director and a mathematics teacher. This isn't Jennifer's first time with us on the show. She also joined us in episode 77, as well as more recently in episode 180, where she discusses the growth of her school district and how even during a crisis year, T area schools served as a community hub. Today, we'll discuss the growth of her school district over the last eight years and the results she has seen from applying the improvement work. She is a spectacular leader and I am so excited to have Jennifer Lowry on our show today. So it's with pleasure today that I welcome Dr. Jennifer Lowry to the show. She's been on our show before, as we've talked about, and um, Jen, it's just great to have you with us again. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to to visit with you this afternoon. So we're going to talk about leadership. I've been able to be connected with you over the last years and watch you grow and develop and Um, just really admire your leadership. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what that means to you. So let's start the, start the conversation um, with, I know you're willing to take on new challenges. You, I know you push yourself, you push your leaders, your teachers, your staff, and even in challenging times. So just curious, why is that important to you? Throughout my life, people have opened doors and I've had a great opportunity to walk through those doors. So Over the last 10 years, my purpose has really shifted to say, how can I pay that forward? How can I open up doors to others to have opportunities to walk through them? I became a principal at a pretty young age, and I wanted to do that for a long time. And the superintendency opened up when I was 29 years old, and that's when I became superintendent. And I was supposed to go back to the principalship, but the door opened and I walked through it. And I was very goal oriented. And then all of a sudden I'm superintendent. And now what am I gonna do? And what's my goal? I got my doctorate by the time I was in my um, early thirties, about 31 or 32. And I needed a passion. I needed a goal and So it's important to me to open those doors for others. And so I've shifted my focus to that being the next stage of my, of my career. Yeah, gosh, that's, I think you and I, you know, we, we haven't really had this conversation as much, you know, and I think you and I probably share some real common experiences, Jen, you know, and we've had, we had, we had an opportunity to take on pretty significant leadership challenges early on. And it, it, uh, and, you know, I don't, you know what you're doing probably more than I did, but I, I've had it, you know, I was thinking, I don't have any idea what I'm, what I'm doing or getting myself into. And so you learn a lot. I did. I learned a lot from 
just having to navigate and lead people with experience and have having to build those relationships. I know you and I have a common background of math as well. So, you know, I think I think that's I love what you said that you you know you're at a place where you can really open the door for other people um, as you continue to learn and grow and and develop. And um and so you know I think one of the things that that you've been you've taken on as, as big of a challenge as any of our school districts that we work with by applying a systems improvement process from the district level, you know, over the past past several years. Can you talk about from your perspective, what that looks like at, at your district with your department and your school leaders? What's that look like for you right now? If we're not implementing improvement with our students, then it's taking too long to get there. So we've taken a deep dive into direct instruction in improvement science with our youngest learners. So in our school, you will hear our kids talk about PDSA cycles and how to get better and how to adjust and how to use their data. The challenge with that is that we're all learning to get better at improvement science together. I'm not an expert in it. We don't have a room of adults who are experts in it but we are all getting better at utilizing being problem solvers. And that includes our youngest learners, eliminating waste, removing hassles and being problem solvers. So if you walked into our school and you said, what does improvement look like here? It is every single person having a plan, knowing what their actions are and connecting the results of those actions to what we're going to do next to get better. And really looking from the boardroom to the classroom, you know, really from through all those connections. Um, so tell, tell me a little bit as you're talking about students and in the classrooms, you know, talk a little bit in more detail, like how have you taken that next step to apply, apply that improvement process in your schools and classrooms? What does that look like? Right before the big COVID issue, we had the opportunity to utilize Menominee Falls as a professional development springboard. And we literally drove back from Wisconsin to South Dakota on March 12th of 2020. And the next day we closed our schools um, and we opened in back up in the fall of 2020 um, when many school districts didn't open. We saw there what we wanted to look like, what right looked like to us with a discussion that said, we want to empower students. It's our mission to educate and empower. And we have educated and educated, but have we actually empowered people to make changes in real time to move forward? So we have a team of six coaches. They're not instructional coaches. They're not math coaches. They're not reading coaches. They're not behavior coaches. They're not interventionists. They are top performers in our district who teach improvement and provide support in in classroom improvement, in how do you use cycles and changes? How do I brainstorm? How do I provide you support? I know that you enjoy athletics and connect lots back to your coaching days. And our message 
this fall to our team was that everyone has a coach, the top athletes, the top music performers. We all have coaches. We get real-time data on our scoreboards, whether it's our classroom scoreboards or the scoreboards hanging in our gyms or on our fields or the times on our watches, and we adjust to those. Why would we not do that in our classrooms as well? Yeah, I love that. And, you know, it's, um, I love what you said to Jen, you know, I mean, you had, you took, you were very specific with who you selected as those coaches and they have one particular purpose of really coaching um, in a very specific way with the improvement work and that you selected people who you had confidence in and who really had that high, they were high performers and that desire um, to want to do the work. I, I, I've found myself so many times saying to people, find the early adopters, find the people who really have the strong desire and go out and do it and, and um, select them. And then they'll help bring other people along because most people want to come along. We've just got to have those individuals who want to be coached. Good people who are good at what they do usually want the coaching because they want to know how to get better. Um, so just curious, as you've been doing this work, you know, are you seeing results or what results are you seeing from the application of the improvement work? So our district has been low performing in mathematics, which we already talked about. I'm a math person, but we are just about 20% lower than reading and we're not meeting our full potential. And we are in a program improvement plan right now that's really diving deep into mathematics because we had positive deviance in our schools. And I'm gonna start with elementary because I think there's a foundation there and that's where we're working right now. We had individuals producing 80% proficiency in their classroom as measured by our state assessment with others in the 40s. And utilizing the successes within us to replicate them is where, where we're struggling through right now. So we've created a math guide that says we're pinpointing what has made individuals with the same resources in the same district extremely successful, and we're replicating that across our system. So the, some of the key pieces that have made them successful is they use student goal setting. They've used quick checks in their math. Um, work. So students are graphing how well they're performing on their five question quick check. And so they are getting reinforcement of data, both the teacher and the student on what's happening in their work. And it's, it's goal setting at its finest. As you're describing what that looks like and thinking about going back to your first your days in Menominee Falls, you know, I can't wait to be with you all showcasing what you do, because that's, if we could just get people across our country, you know, really engaging students in that way, uh, it's a difference maker. And again, your, your, your district is out in front and doing that. And just your, your leadership is tremendous in that regard. And so I want to take us a little bit back up to, we're talking about the classroom, but I know you've built that connection from the classroom, from the boardroom to the classroom throughout the district. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how does that work? Because that's really probably more important than ever right now. So in your book, Maximize Performance, it talked about culture and setting that culture. And that um, I hear many times with the work that you all do, culture eats strategy for breakfast. (laughs) 
That's right. So we started with culture and we identified our values um, that were important. And those were set by the people working in our, in our buildings. It didn't matter if you were a teacher or a custodian or the superintendent. We said, who are the most outstanding people who work here, who you would love to spend a day with and you trust? And two of those individual were board members. So those board members sat in with all of the raw data from people across our district that said, this is what's important to us. And you'll see throughout our district, the beliefs of accountability, teamwork, communication, and innovation as staples. And we celebrate those. So we said, what's our commitment to excellence with principle number one and principle number nine, reward and recognition. We have a very systematic way of constantly reinforcing those values that were approved by our board, built by that committee, which included board members. And that's how we set what we what we value and what we will hold each other accountable to. We also integrate that into our evaluation system. And if we do have to have difficult conversations, that is a core piece that says we've committed to each other that we are going to be accountable. And this action isn't accountable. And that's how we write our letters of clarification um, and try to mold exactly what we want. And if you work here, that's what you can expect. And that came from the board. Yeah, gosh, I, you know, that's, um, so I've not heard that before in that way. And I think that's really significant. I love that you, you put the board members right in front and center, you know, with that work. I, uh, before we were getting on the episode today, I was talking about writing the book, right? And the book is Hardwiring Excellence in Education and each chapter is dedicated to principle. And what I've, what I've learned in that, Jen, is those standards of excellence that you refer to and putting those together as part of that first principle of commit to excellence. I didn't realize how, how I knew, I've always known they're important, but as I'm writing the book, they thread throughout every principle. Like, I don't know how you really hardwire any of the principles without doing what you just said, having those front and center, because it really helps to find the expectations. And, and what you just said, I think is really significant and an add-on that we, we do that from the board to the classroom, that the board's involved in that process and that's what keeps us aligned. I think that's um, really, really significant. Um, so learn something from you today. I, th- I think that's a, a good contributing piece to it. Um, so as we close today, I wanted to, again, your your leadership, I have, I, I admire the way that you lead and your persistence, your dedication and um, your competitive nature in what you do. And so as we leave today, I'd love for you to just to give some advice to our listeners and leaders out there based on what you've learned from the work and what you would advise to them. I am extremely competitive and sometimes I push forward too fast and not everybody's with me. So do not chase perfection. And do not let perfection stop you. Just move forward. Commit to excellence. Commit to the behaviors that you can align to, that even if you fail, you fail forward. Don't stop. And do not let analysis paralysis start. Just just move forward and start with culture, establishment of culture, 
bring your board with you so they're walking with you the whole way and utilize rounding so you can establish how you're going to listen, react before you try any of the other pieces. Such good advice. I, I think I'll leave it there because I couldn't come in and say it any better in terms of summarizing those core pieces. And just I, I just watch, um, I've just had the pleasure of, of knowing you, getting to know you a little bit better as the year goes on and you know watching your leadership growth hopefully you can watch our leadership growth too as we continue to partner with you but again just congratulations to your district I can't wait to showcase your district to other people we want to bring people to you um, because what you have is a powerful story but it's based on a lot of hard work and a lot of persistence with great leadership I thank you so much for being with us today I think you can see why I am always excited to have Dr. Jennifer Lowry on our show. I have enjoyed getting to know her as a leader over the last years and learning from her and sharing our experiences together. She is a dynamic leader who continues to know that she can always improve, that she has great focus and attention to be one of the best leaders that she can be. And she is truly an example of what this show is about as a leader. I have great admiration and respect for Dr. Jennifer Lowry and sure appreciate her being with us today. You can learn from people like Dr. Lowry in our free leadership webinars that are coming up in the next month. We have them each month and we'd love to see you at one of these. The topic is this coming month is looking back to plan ahead for the next hiring season timely topic to find out how to register by heading to studereducation.com events and click on the event button on the right hand side of the page and it'll take you right there and as always i thank you for tuning into this episode of accelerate your performance if this episode resonated with you but please share it with a friend or a colleague we also invite you to head to Apple Podcasts to find and rate our podcast. We'd love to hear from you and what you think about the show. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles framework so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.